When winter's on the horizon, do you want to join the black bear in hibernation? Do you know someone who begins to get down at the end of summer? Stay tuned, because in this episode of The One in Five, we will be talking about seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, its symptoms, and ways to treat it so you can help those who struggle thrive during the difficult winter months. Hey all, welcome to The One in Five, the show for those who want to know how to be healthy, how to stay healthy, and how to promote health in your community. I'm your host, Adam Renshaw, and in today's show, we have Dr. David Mark, and we're going to be talking about Seasonal Affective Disorder, or SAD. Welcome, Dr. Mark. It is a rainy fall morning, and we are drinking coffee. Dark roast. Yum. Yeah. It's... The sun's been rising later. It's been setting sooner. We're going to talk about seasonal affective disorder this morning. (laughs) Very fitting. I I wonder if these things come into play with seasonal affective disorder or SAD. We'll just call it SAD from from here on forward, which is an awesomely clever name uh, for something... That makes people sad. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so explain to us, what is it? What is sad? Is it? So I heard this. I heard that it's clinical depression that is heightened during the winter months. Is this true? If not, what is it? Yeah, no, it's it, essentially that's, that's true. The technically seasonal affective disorder, sad, it, it could refer to, um, depression, clinical depression that you're talking about, which we call unipolar depression, um, but it, it actually, it's a, it's a term, that, a broad enough term that it also applies to occasions where the season, there's seasonality to other affective disorders like bipolar depression, um, you know, sort of where you have, in addition to depression, you have mania. And um, oh. so, so, the, so it's a broad term. But generally speaking, when we're talking about SAD, we're talking about this phenomenon of clinical depression that worsens in the winter. Now it turns out there are there are summer, you know, af- affective disorders as well. So there are affective disorders that get worse in the with the light and with the summer as well. So Really? So yeah, so it's it's not just about the winter, but far and away the most common form is this this clinical depression, unipolar depression that gets worse in the winter. Okay. Um so so I guess what would be some of the symptoms of this? The, you know, the, what, <clears throat> the, the, the symptoms are really the same symptoms um, as happens with clinical depression at any time of the year. So there's, um, and there's, there, are, there, are, there are apps, there are technical definitions of how, what, pre, what symptoms need to be present for how long. So when, when actually being diagnosed with this, the, uh, uh, your, your clinician will ask a series of questions to sort of tease out what exactly has been going on for, for how long and, and does this meet the, the official criteria for, for a, an actual diagnosis of depression. And so those things are things like you, know, you feel down, you're subjectively feeling blue. Um, you have weight gain or loss. 
you're sleeping too much or too little. You feel like you have no energy. Okay. Things that used to be pleasurable to you are no longer fun. You know, you, you've lost, you've lost the joie de vivre. <laughs> and then there's, there's some, some symptoms that where you feel like, you know, your body is slowing down. Like it's, you, you can't speak quickly, you, you know, like normally you're, you're, you can't move normally. You feel like you're in moving through molasses or through a thick liquid. Uh, or some people have the opposite where they feel restless and they can't, they can't sit still. Mm. Um, and then, uh, you know, commonly and sadly, there are often folks who, who feel like this is so horrible. I want to, I want to end it all. So thoughts of suicide sure. are another feature. Um, all of these things can make people feel confused or forgetful. So, th- so to, to arrive at a diagnosis of, of unipolar depression, which is a part of the sad diagnosis, you know, you as a patient would be asked a series of questions that get real specific about how long these symptoms have been present. And, and typically you're looking for this, um, this sort of wave that people are on, right? Yeah. So, right. So the, 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 in addition to, um, the diagnosis of clinical depression, then there'd be this question of like, is this, is there seasonality to this? Okay. Do these things really, do they get worse at a certain period of time? And, you know, in the winter, are these things worse? It turns out that there's some, there's some evidence to suggest that with, with sad, the, the kind of depression that's a part of sad, you know, there actually, there's this more of this hibernation symptoms. Like, okay. so people, like, it actually leads to more sleep than usual as opposed to the less sleep than usual more of an appetite, particularly for like carbohydrates. And, you know, you think of your carbo loading for your long winter hibernation. For sure. It sounds like a, a bear yeah. going into hibernation. Yeah. And, and weight gain. So those, those three things are actually more common with, with the depression that's, for, that's part of SAD than, than in, the, in the sort of unipolar clinical depression that's not seasonal. Gotcha. Except for us humans who put on that weight in the winter, it's harder to take yeah. off. Right, in right. that spring and summer month. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, quick question uh, before we talk about like maybe how to treat it. Um, is it more common at higher latitudes? Do you have any experience with this? Or so the, the there's lots of, of of research to try to figure out like what what causes this and um, what. Uh, what's the mechanisms that lead to sort of the, the seasonality part? And um, there's, so it, clearly it has to do something with light. Okay. That, that seems to be one of these triggers. And whether it's the light interfering with the wake sleep cycles, and that's what, you know, the, the change in your rhythm is what sets this thing off. Or is it a direct effect of like the light on your retina mm. and the, the, you know, the elaboration of various hormones that, that happen downstream from that. Um, those, those are definitely possibilities and there's a lot of, lot of theory and work to try to tease out, which is, which is more important. And so when you think of, of how light changes when you're, when you're in different latitudes, the, um, the onset or the effect may be much more noticeable when you're living in Alaska. Right, sure. Where you're you're in a you're in darkness for the entire winter, and so whether whether that's a cause or just a correlation that we don't know. Okay. Um, there's you know as with lots of 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 these kinds of conditions, there's there's undoubtedly a genetic sort of oh. predisposition. 
So, um, you know, because we know that certain kinds of depression do have genetic tendencies. Um, so uh, lots of work trying to figure out what, how this, how it all, how it all works. Gotcha. So, um, we're talking about something that's definitely different than say winter blues. Yeah. And, and the, you know, there's, there may be a spectrum, right? You know, some people just might get, get down in the dumps, um, because of the, lots of things that happen in the winter or don't happen in the winter. Um, but th- th- yes, this is much, this is a kind of, you know, like the difference between being in a, in a bad mood and having clinical depression, this kind of, uh, of when, when a person's struggling with sad, they are having a really, uh, this is a r- real clinical condition that has a real pr- pronounced effect on functioning. Okay. So part of the diagnosis is, you know, what is the effect of this on your ability to function? Because I go through periods in in the winter, especially if it's like gray yeah. and snowy for longer periods of time. Um, I start to sort of come down a little bit and not have that much of energy. Uh, but but I'm, I I perk right back up. Sure. Just a little, a little bit of sunlight for me will pop me right back out. So, um, so how do we treat something like this? So the... the the good news is that uh, there is good treatment, and um, just like we've we've had a lot more um, advances in treatment of, of unipolar depression, we have a much more we have a broader array of tools that we can use to treat sad. Um, and some, you know, so the the first thing is that if 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 this is if you feel like this is kind of a thing for you, get checked because okay. you know get a formal diagnosis. Um, so go to your primary care. Go to your primary okay. care provider. If you ever feel like it's bad enough that you want to hurt yourself or hurt someone else, there's a definitely talk to somebody and get help. There's a our suicide national suicide prevention hotline one 8255 But get help because there is good help. And there's you know in addition to um, the treatments that we use for depression, which you know are, are things like talk therapy, what we call cognitive behavioral therapy, where you where you work on what's happening and think things through and, and, and have really, that it's a really powerful tool at treating depression and sad. Um, so we have talk-based cognitive behavioral therapy. We have medications, a huge array of effective antidepressant medications okay. that work with this. Um, uh, and then not surprisingly, light therapy has been shown to be really helpful, right? So if, you know, if sad is, is something that's triggered or worsened by the changing amount of light or frequency or timing of light, it turns out that if we, you know, if you, if you ha- add a light into your room and have it come on before you wake up, like mimicking a sunrise, that can help. So like a slow uh, a brightening of yeah. this light, they make these lights yeah. that do this? Yeah. Okay. There are special lamps that, that, that work with that. And, and so, and that kind of light therapy can be prescribed. It's, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, with a, with a formal diagnosis, you know, you could work with a clinician to figure out a, a, a a prescription for the kind and type of light therapy to use. Great stuff. Um, with, with SAD, with, um, with clinical depression, there are lots of sort of other things that really help. Um, sleep is, is vital. Having good sleep habits. Um, sleep has such a powerful effect on our mood. And, you know, and you think of the, of the way that winter affects our sleep, you know, you kind of want to, 
you know, you want to hibernate. You want to sleep, sleep for long sleep periods, long, right? And so, so is that good then to sleep for longer periods or? It it's, turns out it's better to, to keep to your schedule. Sleep gotcha. only long enough so that you feel rested and then get out of bed. And don't let yourself fall into a trap of like, I'm just going to hit the snooze for oh, 10 or 12 so hours. Hard. <laughs> so sticking to a schedule, go to sleep, go to bed at the same time every day, you know, and wake up at the same time every day that, that keep in that rhythm. That really helps. But if you can't, if you can't, you know, sleep, don't force yourself to sleep. Right. So if you, yeah. if you lie down and go to bed and, and you can't sleep, get up, get out of bed and try again later. Um, don't have, you know, don't have your dark roast anytime. <laughs> 6 p.m. To, yeah, right. Uh, avoid alcohol late in the evening. Sure. You know, avoid smoking. Um, all of those things really uh, can help promote better sleep hygiene. Keep your bedroom dark and cool and quiet. You know, all these things that sort of create a good environment for sleeping. Don't um, do a lot of screen time with, you know, before bed because that really activates the the brain and can linger when you try to fall asleep. Okay. If you can, if you can figure out, you know, if you have lots of problems going on, right, whether it's a math problem or a relationship problem, try to think about that or figure that out before you try to go to sleep. No doubt. Otherwise you'll, you'll ruminate on it all night. Um, exercise is great. I was just going to ask that. It's really helps. Now, so if you can exercise a few times a week, you're going to have, you're going to sleep better. But if you're exercising right before you go to bed, it's not going to work too well. So timing your exercise okay. Um, and it will actually help with the whole wake sleep cycle too. Um, and, you know, and, and be outside, you know, if, if you can walk outside or run outside, those things really help. Especially while there's light outside. Yeah. That, that really, okay. That's good. Yeah. Exposing yourself to the light. Uh, and then those things with the lights, like the, you know, and there are those, um, the lamps that you can, that you can go online and find that they're, they're like a, a it's called a dawn simulating lamp, right? So it, it like mimics the sunrise and you can slowly brighten. Yes. So, so all of those things can really help in addition to counseling medications and specific phototherapy. Okay. Um, I quick question about the phototherapy that you Mm -hmm. mentioned. I was doing some reading and they were saying that the, the, the light is absorbed, needs to be absorbed through the eyes. Is that true? Or is there are different mechanisms? Again, the connection to the, to the eyes, there's, there is, you know, this connection with the, with the retina. You know, and and um, and light that comes through the you know through your through your retina, retinae, um, are 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 um, connected to plural. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, it's connected to the um, to the hormonal response and neurotransmitter response in your brain, and okay. so that. Um, that helps set your your circadian rhythms, which is your your wake sleep cycle. Um, and so there's, you know, what they, the, some of the linkages that they note is that SAD may be, is, you know, there's some observational studies that suggest that SAD is more common in folks with visual impairment. Oh. So hence the connection between actually light coming through the retina and the, the circadian rhythm or the hormonal stuff and, and the mood. So, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I was hearing this guy, he was saying that he puts the light up high and he makes sure that he's, he'll stand in the room, uh-huh. he'll do stuff. But he'll make sure he's got his eyes open. He obviously doesn't look directly at the light. Yeah, yeah. But he tries to make sure that his eyes is what is what is absorbing yeah. that light. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, real quick, what about, is there any, like, dietary supplements that 
are available that could help something like this? I mean, what about vitamin D? Like, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Right, because you're thinking, you know, your body makes vitamin D, and when it's with, you know, helps, the sun helps metabolize it and create it. And um, there's not, you know, I think the, there's no proven dietary benefit that's been shown in a, in a, in a big clinical trial with, with SAD. Gotcha. However, what we know is that, you know, if you are having a healthy diet and you're eating better, um, so avoiding the kinds of foods that make your blood sugar go skyrocket and fall and crash and those sorts of things, it helps uh, your metabolism overall. And that probably will translate into better sleep, better energy, better mood. Gotcha. Okay. And real quick, I, I just want to have you touch on this. So you talked a little bit earlier. I, my, I had a question here. Is there a summer sad? There is. <laughs> okay. There's a spring onset sad. Yeah. And so, and the, the symptoms are slightly different, right? So with winter, it's like hibernation with the, with the spring onset sad, it, you know, you actually, it's more activating. So you have more energy and it's more of that hypomania kind of, um, interesting. Yeah. That's fascinating. It is. So some takeaways are healthy diet, get some exercise. If you're feeling like you're, you're struggling with this, reach out to yep. somebody, talk to your primary care provider. They could um, get you on potentially some light therapy and some cognitive behavioral therapy. Yep. And think about your sleep. Pay attention to your sleep hygiene. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, I think that does it for this one, Dr. Mark. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for this episode of The One in Five. If you found this content beneficial, please follow this podcast. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or a platform that allows reviews, would you leave us a review? If you have any questions or would like to suggest a topic for us to discuss, you can email me at adam.renshaw at 1chc.org. Stay tuned. We have some great health topics coming your way.